So after you've paid your taxes, you should be making 25%. To me, there's no real reason to be in business if you're not making those kind of numbers. I'm really excited, everybody. I have my good friend Joe Crisera here on the radio show with me today. He is from Service MVP. He and his team help home service professionals get more. Get more in terms of sales, get more in terms of profit, the important thing. How many times have you thought as a home service provider, how am I ever going to make more than a single digit at the end of the day, end of the month, end of the quarter, end of the year? How do I make 20%, maybe even more? I've heard some people making 25. I've heard, though, that my friend Joe can help you out with that. Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, Jim. Thanks a lot for inviting me here. I really appreciate that. Uh, I'm honored to be here. Yeah, thank you for taking time out of your busy day. I know you're busy. Getting a hold of you without an appointment is very difficult. You and your team are extremely busy helping individuals and companies in the home service space. You are well known out there to help small business owners in home service get that much better. A lot of people are really good at what they do. I've had Michael Gerber on my program before from the E-Myth. We all know who Michael Gerber is. Michael will tell you that there's a lot of great technicians out there, but they're not necessarily good business people. And so what happens, and Joe, you can back me up on this, what happens is people are working for an HVAC company, a plumbing company, maybe they're working for a garage door company, roofing company, and they've been there for a while. They're 28 years old. They know everything. They're like, I can do this better than my boss. I'm going to go out on my own and start my own company. The problem is, is just because they're good technicians doesn't mean they're good at closing and doing all the other operational things. Yeah, you know, uh, I used to be an actual, uh, I was a Michael Gerber junkie from back in the uh, late 90s, you know, the mid 90s, about 90, 94. And I was actually eventually a, a E-Myth Mastery coach myself. And, you know, Michael has a great phrase. He calls it uh, technicians who are suffering from an entrepreneurial seizure. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's his. That's what he'll always say. The first thing he'll say when you meet him and you start going uh, into it, that's what he'll say. Exactly. So I, I think it's true. A lot of people think that because they know how to do their job, uh, directly with their with their client, uh, that they also know how to run a business. Uh, I think people take it for granted that uh, they don't realize that running a business is a skill of its own and uh, a system of its own. Just like what you know, if you're diagnosing a garage door or a plumbing or HVAC system, you're as uh, a systematic way of doing it. That you know, the sequence that you should follow which makes more sense. And the same thing is true of when you run your business, there's a certain sequence and system uh, to be able to, uh, to be able to evaluate it, to be able to train your people, to be able to uh, make sure that you're making profit financially. That's a big part of it. That's really three jobs of an owner is to train their people, uh, make sure that we are uh, coaching them. The system isn't working and it's autom- the system is like an automated coaching process uh, that keeps people on track once they've been trained. And then there's a financial evaluation to make sure that you're, uh, that this is all making sense financially and that the uh, return on investment uh, as an owner of the company is definitely secured. Well said. 
I'll sum it up. If you're not making a profit, you really shouldn't be in business. Now, I'm not talking two, three, four points. <laughs> Some people say, hey, we didn't lose money last year, Joe. <laughs> mm-hmm. we're, we're, we did three and a half percent. That's not good enough, and you can't sustain your business by doing that. But, Joe, you've got great success. When you bring people into your system, and I want you to talk about this in a moment, when you bring them in, you're teaching them things that are going to change their business lives. I know what happens. A lot of people won't come because they know more than you. Oh, I don't need your help and so forth. But when they finally succumb and they come in, can really change their lives by increasing that bottom line number. Uh, that's true. I think uh, I think I, I just wrote a post on Facebook where it said uh, the post I wrote was that self-esteem, the low self-esteem of the person who thinks they know everything, uh, they're posturing to make it seem like just getting your nose a little bit above the break-even point or above water is good enough. They don't they don't realize that. Uh, they should be able to pay themselves a salary that's competitive uh, to run the business as, as a manager or as somebody who's working inside the business. So if you're working in the business as a financial person or a, a general manager of the business, you should pay yourself as you would pay a general manager, a competitive wage, as well as making that 25 to 32% net profit. My goal is actually 25% net profit after taxes. So after you've paid your taxes, you should be making 25%. Otherwise, uh, to me, there's no real reason to be in business if you're not making those kind of numbers. Okay, Joe, from your experience over the years, possibly decades, what percentage of home service professionals are earning 25% or greater? I'd say overall, by the way, it's 46 years of experience. So that's like, I do have a, I have a long-term track record. And uh, I would say probably three to four, three to 5% uh, would reach those kind of numbers. Uh, the vast majority of people, they lack the courage uh, because there's people in the company that probably aren't going to make it to the other side of the mountain with you if you're going to try to go for that number. Usually it's somebody who's a family member who's holding you back or there's there's an emotional tie uh, with somebody on your staff where they're holding you back and you don't have the courage of saying we need to get rid of that person uh, who is holding us back. It could be a marriage. It could be a marriage, you know, husband and wife in business or even the biggest one is a family business. You know, I recently seen uh, a company that just made it through and broke through. They, they uh, uh, what do you call it? They inherited the company from their grandfather and uh, they didn't want to change anything. They had no, they didn't have the courage to change things that grandpa put in place. And then finally they broke through and uh, had enough self-esteem where they said, you know what? During grandpa's time, that was uh, the way you ran business. But during this time, there's a different way of doing it. And we're good enough to think of a new way and not do it grandpa's way. And, uh, you know, that's really what it comes down to is that do you really believe in yourself uh, enough to make mistakes and then learn from the mistakes rapidly and then get on the right track? That's really what it takes to to do it. But some people lack the courage uh, to make a mistake because uh, they don't think they'll be able to rebound from it. They don't, they don't see themselves having the courage or self-esteem to be able to rebound uh, from it. So it goes really deep, Jim. It's not just a, I mean, it'd be, it's easy to say 
you have to get rid of this guy. You have to raise your prices. You have to learn how to sell things to people. Uh, but sometimes people lack the courage to do those new things because they're so attached to the old ones. As I told my kids when they were growing up, go outside and skin your knees. Go get a girlfriend and have her break your heart. Get a job and get fired. The reason why is we learn much more from our mistakes and our failures than we do from winning all the time. And in our culture today, especially if you're in Little League, no offense to everybody out there, everybody gets a game ball, everybody seems to get a trophy, everybody wins. That's not the real world. That's not how Joe and I grew up. And it is a tough world. Go out there, skin your knees a little bit. And you've got to learn. Also, something else that I took away from what you just said, this rings true in my mind, is you can't do what grandpa did. And if you're a grandchild, you can't do what dad did in the business. No more than 10 or 15 years tops do you have to totally, totally redo your business. You know, we hear the word pivot. People are pivoting all the time. The economy is making them pivot. It, COVID made them pivot. All this stuff, pivot, pivot, pivot. We're pivoting more and more and more because the same things we did five years ago don't work today. It's possible the things we did five months ago aren't going to work today. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, some of the some of the biggest and brightest businesses, uh, I'd say reinvent themselves about every three to five years like for instance you know even tommy mella our common a common friend that we have you know now instead of having a live salesperson go out to sell garage doors it's mostly done with a service person who calls somebody on the phone and they do a zoom meeting with the client and we have i have a company in uh, san antonio uh major uh player uh, john wayne services now uh, they went uh, th about three years ago when i introduced the idea of doing zoom sales meetings they were like, no way, our clients aren't gonna go for that. And they say, okay, let's prototype it. And they realized that each salesperson went from about averaging two, 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 two to two and a half million to now there's nobody who does less than five million there. And so bottom line is that uh, now everybody in the company, they don't, they don't do any sales calls uh, anymore. They have service people go out there and then they turn it over to the salesperson on every call, even estimates. So there's a lot of changes that are happening in the home service business uh, and a lot, of, a lot of threats from the outside coming in. Uh, so you have to be uh, able to pivot. Uh, I agree with that. But I think every three to five years, really. No, you're right. I was being generous for the people who thought they had more time. Um, maybe years ago, Joe, it was 10 to 15 years. I know in my businesses over the decades, it seems at least every 15 years, of course, though I'm going back in time where we didn't have to pivot as quickly as we do now. At least every 15 years, everything is new. Everything is new. And, you know, I tell people and they look at me like I'm crazy when I tell them that chances are if you're in your 30s or 40s, you will outlive Walmart. They're like, what are you talking about? I said, Walmart will be out of business before you die. They're like, no, they won't. I said, really? Look at all of the great companies there were. Sears, there was Kmart, not to mention all the other mass merchants or all the other car companies. There used to be dozens and dozens of automobile manufacturers in our country. And the only reason why General Motors is still around is because we, the people, have bailed them out a few times. If you do not change, you will get run over. You will lose. I'm strongly suggesting that you get a hold of Joe and his team if you're not making 23%, 24%, net profit after taxes. And a lot of the people who are listening to you are like, yeah, yeah, right. I'd love to make that, but it's not happening. 
give Joe a call. Contact his office and, you know, find out. Joe, what's the best way for them to reach you? You can call us at 877-764-6304. That's 877-764-6304. And just ask for Shreya. And she will be able to uh, actually I'll give it anybody who wants to call. I'll give you a free a free tour and test drive. So anybody can take our I always start out by giving my services free so you can get value before you ever purchase. I don't I don't want anybody to purchase from me unless they already have got, have gotten value. No, that's a great idea. I would definitely take Joe up on that. Joe, switching gears a little bit, something that you always say, I hear you say this online. I've heard you say it in person when you speak, and that is, what should we do? What does that mean, what should we do? You know, those four words are trademarked. They're perfect, really. I mean, you've uh, you've done everything you can. You get to the house. You've introduced yourself. You've created, you've invested time in the relationship with your client. You learned about the mechanical system. You've learned about the level of commitment your client has. You've built premium mid-range economy options that are personalized and customized to your client. And then you show them to them and you show them the problems and you show them the solutions. Here, here they are, there's different choices, premium mid-range economy, what should we do? And so the word what is I have made these options uh, to fix the problem. Uh, what do you like? You know, should we suggest that we should move forward? Uh, we, we're already working together and collaborating with the client and do, which is the American way, Jim. Uh, we take action. Uh, we're not thinkers in this country. We're doers. That's why America is so great. The foundation of our country is not built on people who sit around thinking. There are people who just start doing stuff, and that's uh, that's the American way, right? So it fits right into the American culture. I would say that a lot of times people sell to Americans like they're a communist. Uh, they pick out something for the client as opposed to letting the client choose for themselves, giving freedom of choice. They refuse to move the opportunity forward. So what should we do is the key question that moves the opportunity forward to get the job done or to get a no or to make another appointment. So there's three outcomes every call. Yes, no, or make another appointment. If you don't want to do those three things, I'm just going to withdraw my bid. There's no reason to be here if you're not willing to do those. Three. After, I, after, after I met you and invested time in you and given you my options, if you're not willing to say yes, no, or make another appointment, then I got the message. You're not going to use my company. Yes, and yes, no, and make another appointment. Those are put in the correct order, by the way. I'd much rather get a no than a let me think about it. <laughs> Let me think about it. That's a no, but just tell me no, right? I, it, it, it's, it, it's somebody who's too nice to say no. Exactly. And, and you know, really, why wouldn't they be too nice? Because you you probably you probably invested in a friendship with the client, and it makes them uncomfortable to tell you no because they feel like you're a friend. You know, any friendship is based on honesty, right? And so, if we are dishonest you know, unintentionally dishonest. I won't say that we're, you know, lying in a way, but we're, I think we're lying to ourselves when we think people are going to call us back later. No, absolutely. I mean, Jim, if you get on the phone with a client, a possible client, and God forbid that the guy says, well, this is really good information you got, Jim. I like your, I like your service. And you're like, okay, call me back later. Well, then you're, you're not doing good service right there. You're making the client call you back. 
which is making the client take action, uh, the best thing would be to take action yourself and show the level of service by actually making the appointment. If the client says, I don't want to make an appointment, then I'd say, well, that means you're not interested in my service, correct? Uh, no, I'm interested in it. Well, if you're interested in it, then we have to make an appointment. That's how we do business. Because if I don't make an appointment, that's bad customer service. I'm making you call me or you're making you think about when you should call me. Let's make an appointment right now. This way we'll both be on the same page. And that's really the best service you can offer. It's called, I call it pure motive service, which is making sure the client doesn't have to do anything, that you're doing everything. Make sense? It does make sense. And I think you approach it uh, much like I do when I'm trying to close an opportunity. Mine's not quite as delicate. So I tell people I push till it breaks. So what I'll do is I'll continue to ask questions, but I'm just not going to spend a whole lot of time chasing down this so-called opportunity. And so what I mean by push until it breaks is I'll, I'll keep pushing a bit until I get the no. I want the yes. I accept the no but I don't accept, I'll get back to you, maybe. Got to talk to my wife, got to talk to my husband, my partner. We'll be in touch. And I like to say it's a yes or no. Because as salespeople, we really need to move on, right? You know, Joe, you hear about these people. I might hear about a woman, and, you know, she's been dating this guy for a decade. And her girlfriend says, well, when are you going to get married? Well, I'm kind of waiting for him. Really? It's been a decade. You're you're getting old. You're an old maid. You got to make things happen. So you better ask him. But actually, after a decade, you probably don't have to ask him. You should probably just leave. <laughs> but well, it's- you know, I had uh, <laughs> actually a really good story on that. My first, you know, my my wife Julie, when I first met her, uh, you know, twenty over twenty five years ago, um, I, I asked her. I asked her, hey, would you like to go out and get, uh, you know, breakfast or lunch or something like that? She says, well, I'm in a serious relationship. And I said, really, uh, how many years you've been going out? So four years I've been going out. I said, oh, you must have a date set, right? And she said, no, I don't. And I said, okay, well, if things change, let me know. Uh, otherwise, I'm just going to say thank you for uh, not getting upset with me. She said, no, no, I, I'm, I'm flattered. And then I said, okay, well, if things change, let me know. Well, I got a call the next day. She said, guess what? What? I went back to my uh, boyfriend and said, hey, when are we going to get married? <laughs> And he said, I'm not marrying you. And she then she said, okay, well, I'm going to go out with this guy then. And so I, I got a date the next day, Jim. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> isn't, that cra- isn't that crazy? It's like I just made her aware of the fact that, yeah, four years is a long time to wait uh, without having any commitment, right? And so uh, uh, she, then, she then took me up on my offer. And now we're married today. I, I, had, I was more committed than the first guy, I guess. That was the lesson there. You know, and, you know truthfully, Jim, it's like a lot of times people forget that it's okay for us to say no. You know, it's not really a negotiation if we can't say no, right? So the client can say yes, the client can say no, we can try to make an appointment, or we can say no. We can say, hey, if you're not willing to make an appointment, you're not willing to tell me yes or no, then I haven't proven myself to be a good service. I'm going to tell you no, I'm going to go ahead and withdraw myself and just take myself away from this competition here because obviously I haven't proven enough value. And if so, and that's like the truth serum, right? Because uh, if somebody says, no, you're a great guy, then if they say you're a great guy, I'd say, well, then the best way to show me that I'm a great guy is to make an appointment or to say yes or no. Those are the three things that you could do. Those are your choices. 
there's no way I'm going to go ahead and leave this. So that's really the mark of a pro, Jim. Leaving an appointment without the next step is called mutual mystification. We can't let that happen. Make sense? It does. I'm a very black and white person. <laughs> I see that. I see. I, I know. I've, I'm yeah. after, I've, I've seen. I've seen you at different events and things like that. I, I, I've, uh, I've, I've, no, I've noticed you're. Uh, you're just like me in, a, in that way. I like that. Yeah, for better or for worse. I like to call it direct. You know, it's kind of like what I said about people like Donald Trump. Love him or not, you know where he's coming from. I'm kind of the same way. Love me or not, I'm going to make it clear where I'm coming from. Here is the value I can offer you. Here are the terms, and I need to know yes, no. Are we are we moving forward or are we not? And if the opportunity is not right for you, please don't be afraid to say no. You won't offend me. You'll actually offend right. me if you say maybe. That will offend me. <laughs> right, right, right. That's the, that's the enemy. Maybe is the enemy. You know, it's like and talk about like Donald Trump. It's interesting because uh, you have to you have to say that regardless of the policies and everything else. You know, I'm not. I won't get into that stuff. But I will say this: think about the engagement that he has created both on both sides of the aisle. Uh, I mean, so love him or hate him. Uh, you're engaged, and that is, uh, it's actually a good sign for our country that everybody is engaged uh, in that, because that, because uh, that's something that we don't want to see is people who are just, uh, you know, lackadaisical about about our future of our country. You know, I think that's something we have to. I, I give them a lot of credit for engaging engaging the masses and taking picking a side. Talking <laughs> with Joe Crisara here. He is from Service MVP. He does something relatively unique, kind of like what I do for my day job. He's specific. Correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but you pretty much spend 100% of your time with home service professionals. That's our main thing, but really any service business. I actually have dentists who use our service, right? You know, when somebody comes into the dentist's office and there's different ways they could give people options, the bottom option is just to do a filling. The premium option would be to do veneers or other things. So there's different, every, every, really think about it though, Jim, every business is a service. I mean, I literally could teach you how to sell your service, Jim. I mean, because you have a service too, that's what you're doing. So anytime one person is serving another person, there's an intangible there that needs to be communicated with value. And that's really what we do. So any kind of a service business, whether it's a coffee shop, traditionally, you're right, plumbing, heating, air conditioning, garage doors, electricians, is our you know, landscapers and people like that. Those are the main uh, core of our, it's probably eight, 85, 90% of our business. But there are some uh, other vertical markets that uh, would benefit. You know, uh, we, we've actually talked, I have, I have somebody who does a service that does a dog hotel and had them create premium mid-range economy packages for the for the rooms for the for the dogs, right? So uh, there's a room that has a flat screen TV with a radio playing and things like that, and another 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 one where you just put them in a cage, you know, the economy option, right? So so, it's, so there's different. <laughs> so really, so, so really, really any kind of a any kind of a business where you're doing a service for somebody would benefit from what we teach. Speaking of that, Triple W Service MVP is the website like most valuable player uh service mvp exactly service mvp joe crisara is his name if you're friends with me on facebook and you travel in the same circles then you probably know who joe is and if you haven't had a chance to meet him 
Well, you should fly out to California or if you're in California and make an appointment and meet him face to face. He also speaks at different conferences. I would strongly suggest if you aren't the best of the best, all of us can actually do better. I mean, there's no question. All of us can do better. Professional athletes have coaches, so we can all do better. So even if you're hitting these numbers we've been talking about, if you're in the low to mid-20s as a net profit after taxes, by the way, there's still something you can learn. Yeah, you can make it easier. You know, there's there's some people who just barely make that, right? And there's some people who do it easily because the, because the system, you know, so it's either two things you got to learn. Number one, learn how to have the courage and internal fortitude to get there. And number two, you have to have a system that's going to work and the system never fails, right? The, the only thing, you know, you, you can't really teach people. You can only create a system that te- to teach people. And then that's the thing that works. So you can't fix people because, we can't even fix ourselves. We, you know, we all want to start running to go out and working out more. We all want to eat better, but we are always fall. We're just humans. We fall short, but the system is perfect. I would say. And so once you learn that system, then it's like, Oh, that's the easy way. I always say that if it's too hard to do that kind of a number, you're probably using the wrong tool. No, absolutely. And you know, systems are important. You have to make sure that the system is created properly and foolproof. And then you implement it, and you do the same thing over and over and over again. And Joe can help you out with that. Uh, th- I see so many people on social media, and they're out there flexing their muscles. Oh yeah, we had a great day today. We did you know fifty thousand dollars, and we're we're doing fantastic. And you know we had a killer month. We did almost a million dollars, which is huge, right? That's great. But generally, young people who are who are working really, really hard, but maybe could be more profitable, Joe, don't you think, if they actually got caught up with training and understanding how they can squeeze more out of that, right? Can they squeeze more out of that? Well, I think you can, but I think the biggest thing is this different, there's different phases, right? You're, you're sacrificing a lot to uh, put in that system in place to make it work, and you're going to take away from your family in the initial part of your phase that you're building your business. Uh, then there comes a time where you put the system in place and you start to have a little bit more, ba- a little bit more balance. Uh, but then there comes a time when you're doing those million dollar months and you're completely imbalanced where you're having time for your family, having time for the, the things that you really want to do in life and then run the business as well. The business more or less runs itself, right? With the system in place and the people to run that system. So I think there's, um, you know, it depends on what people just want to get. It's not the money part of it. I always say this, Jim, people who focus on making money are probably not going to make any. People who focus on uh, making the uh, creating a system or implementing systems, uh, that's the that's the behavior that's needed to make money. So the the focusing on making money is the exact opposite thing that's going to make us money. What's going to make us money is training, uh, orienting, and training people to the system. Uh, you know, coaching people to stay on track, systematically coaching people so that the the business is designed so that. If you fail, you're going to get back on track. The I would say that businesses that are good make it impossible for the employee to fail because when they do, they just stop the employee and get them back on track. Uh, and that's a system that does that. And number three, 
there's accountability. Accountability means we celebrate, which you see a lot of that on Facebook, a lot of celebration. But accountability on a failure standpoint means that we just go back to coach that person to get them back on track. Now, eventually, if you coach somebody too many times, then you realize it's just the wrong person. They're not going to fit into the system. Uh, and that's something you got to figure out there, too. So it is it is complex, but it can be taught. And uh, that's why I'm here to teach it. We've seen very successful systems everywhere, like McDonald's. Michael Gerber talks about McDonald's systems. You know, McDonald's is the largest franchise restaurant in the world, and if it didn't have systems, they couldn't have average people, sometimes sub-average people, if you will, run these businesses and operate each part of it. So once you get the system in place, it's easier for all of your team members to be able to execute and also what's nice is if you lose a team member, you train the new one on that system and they get plugged right in. You know, I hate to say they're like a tool, but, you know, we've heard that before. We, we're all kind of tools, if you will. What are we best at? And you put that tool to work. But when people arrive to work and not know what to do or how to do it, and they're redoing things over and over again, day after day, week after week, reinventing things, that's not a good idea. You really need to have systems. Tell you what, Jim. Here's the thing. No, I'm glad you brought the McDonald's McDonald's franchise into place because you know when Ray Kroc brought McDonald's, McDonald's already had a system of making hamburgers in San Bernardino, California, right? But what he brought to it that was specifically better, he improved the system. That's true. But here's the big thing: Hamburger University, which he created made sure that any new employee would be trained and oriented the same way. And that's what we do at Service MVP. We are the orientation and training program. We do it for service businesses, so they don't have to do it. So we are like the hamburger university for service businesses. We create we create people from scratch, and we teach them how to communicate properly, how to diagnose properly, how to uh, communicate problems, communicate solutions, how to make relationships. And these are things that we teach on a systematic basis. And it, there's benchmarks for each one of those things that you can see are happening. And so... You know, the Hamburger University is the key difference between the old McDonald's way when before Rick Rock bought them and after. When he made Hamburger University, then it had a, a training arm that made sure that every new employee would have the same experience. Well said. It just makes a whole lot of sense to have things systemized. And, uh, you know, from my experience, Joe, being in home service and around home service professionals for decades, most really are running their businesses by the seat of their pants. And I've said this before, and it's you don't necessarily have to be in this position. However, when you watch the evening news and you see the service providers who are advertising or you see the hundreds of trucks driving out of their facility every day or you see the billboards, you hear the radio ads, these are successful service providers and they can only be successful if they have systems and use the systems. I will tell you this. If you are doing $1.2 million a year and you want to do $100 million and you don't have systems, you will not get there. You need to call Joe. I couldn't agree more, Jim. <laughs> Pre <laughs> Preaching to the choir? It might be it might be a it might be a conflict of interest for me to say that, but yeah, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes people say, "Well, 
we're not quite ready. You know, we're working on this initiative and that initiative and that website and this and that. There's never a good time. It's like there's never a good time to start your business. There's never a good time to have a baby and so forth. So start with the baby steps, I say. Hey, at least make the first step and inquire and see what you may want to grow into so they can get you scheduled in. You know, just because you don't think you and your team are ready, you've got to make the initial step and start planting seeds. That's what I say, Joe. Well, Jim, here, here is why I told I told you before we even you know years ago when we when I've known you now I said I always give my unconditional friendship for to people when I first meet them and you can't lose my friendship no matter what there's nothing you can do to lose my friendship on the other hand I don't have a need to be accepted by people either so the bottom line is that you got my friendship and it's free that doesn't cost anything and then number two I always start out every relationship professionally by giving people enough information to make money first. So I guarantee that when you call me or you call my team, you will be given information for free that will make you money immediately. Uh, Within a week, you'll make more money after talking to our team. And then you've got additional resources to invest. If you want to invest them in us, we would appreciate it. If you don't, that's fine too. It doesn't bother me. Uh, I always say all roads lead here eventually because uh, we are the best at what we do. We're best at orienting and onboarding your people, training and coaching them to stay on track, and then accountability, which is to graduate them so they're ready for getting into a truck and uh, or getting at a desk to answer the phone. I mean, Jim, think about how many times you have created uh, marketing responses where somebody, they fumbled the ball and answered the phone. That's the kind of thing we teach is how to, how to clean that up. So everybody who answers the phone, people who dispatch people, the guys in the field, the installers and everybody need to learn how to communicate. And that's what we teach is that system of communication and, and how to, how to apply this material in a way so that you can communicate with your internal staff and with your clients as well. Education is so important. So many people think when they graduate from high school or college, they don't have to pick up a book or go to a seminar or a conference or get training. Joe, if we all had a personal trainer so we could physically be better, if we used a nutritionist, if we had a personal coach and a business coach, oh my gosh, we'd all be superstars. Well, you have a responsibility of nothing else to your employees and your customers. So instead of the nutritionist and the personal trainer, start with someone who can help you with your business like Joe, and then go to the other things. Don't think that you know everything. We don't know everything. Even the president of the United States has advisors, and many of us will say, yeah, it's a good thing the president does because they're just in charge of that office, but they have to have great people surrounding them. You do as well. I'm telling you, I don't know of many companies that have their own internal training process and facility like Joe's does at Service MVP. That's all he does. That's all he does. And he's done it for many, 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 many service companies. So check him out once again, servicemvp.com. Thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate you. 